Thank you, Prabhu, for your kind welcome and introduction. And I'm very happy to be uh, with you, uh, all of you today. Um, ISKCON Africa or ISKCON West Africa, this is a new experience for me. Uh, I like I like traveling and I'm also um, happy to not be traveling, but still be able to connect with, <laughs> with you uh, so far away from Poland, which is where I am right now. So we're reading Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, first canto, chapter three, verse number nine. We can uh, begin with some prayers. I will chant, Om Ajnana Dimarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Nama Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutta Padakamalam, Shri Gurun Vaishnavangscha, Shri Rupam Sagrajatam, Sahaganan Raghunatang Vitam Tang Sajivam, Sadvaitam Savadutam Paridana Sahitam, Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Shri Radha Krishna Padan, Sahagana Lalita, Shri Vishakhan Vitangscha, Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatyadeshatarine Vanchakalpatrubhyascha Kripasindubhya Evacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha E Krishna Karana Sindhu Dinavando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tata Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shivas Adi Gaurabhaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarottamam Devim Saraswati Vyasam 
ತಯಮತೀರಾಯಷ್ಟಪ್ರಯೇಶ್ವಭದ್ರೇಶು ನಿತ್ಯಗವತ್ಸೇವಯ ಭಾಗವತ್ಯುತ್ತಮ್ಲೋಕೆ ಭಕ್ತಿರ್ಭಗತಿ ನೈಷ್ಟಿ ಸೊ ಅಗೇನ್ ವರ್ ರೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತ ಕೆಂಟೋ ಒನ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಥ್ರೀ ವರ್ಸ್ ನಂಬರ್ ನೈನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಇಸ್ ಗಿವಿಂಗ್ ಅಸ್ ಲಿಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಸೆವರಲ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಅವತಾರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಲೋರ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸುಟು ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಆರ್ ಸ್ಪೀಕಿಂಗ್ ಸೊ ದ ಸಂಸ್ಕೃತ ಆಫ್ ದ ವರ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಎಸ್ ಫಾಲೋಸ್ ತೂರ್ಯೆ ಧರ್ಮಕಲಾಸರ್ಗೇನಾರಾಯಣವೃಷಿ ಭೂತ್ವಾತ್ಮೋಪೂತ್ವಾತ್ಮೋಪೇತ ಅಕರೋತ್ಷರಂಗಾರ್ಮಕಲಾಸರ್ಗೇನಾರಾಯಣವೃಷಿ ಭೂತ್ವಾತ್ಮೋಪೇತ ಅಕರೋತ್ಷರಂಗೂರ್ಯೇಧರ್ಮಕಲಾಸರ್ಗೇನಾರಾಯಣವೃಷಿ ಭೂತ್ವಾತ್ಮೋಪಶಮೋಪೇತ ಅಕರೋತ್ಷರಂಗೂರ್ಯೇಧರ್ಮಕಲಾಸರ್ಗೇನಾರಾಯಣವೃಷಿ ಭೂತ್ವಾತ್ಮೋಪೇತ And quickly, the word-for-word word translation, Turye, in the fourth of the line, Dharmakala, wife of Dharmaraja, Sarge, being born of Naranarayanao, named Nara and Narayana, Rishi, sages, Bhudva, becoming, Atma, Upashama, controlling the senses, upetam for achievement of akarot undertook uh, duscharam very strenuous tapa penance translation and purport by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shila prabhupada ki jai translation in the fourth incarnation the lord became nara and narayana the twin sons of the wife of king dharma thus he undertook severe and exemplary penances to control the senses and the purport as king rishava advised his sons tapasya or voluntary acceptance of penance for realization of the transcendence is the only duty of the human being it was so it was so done by the lord himself in an exemplary manner to teach us the lord is very kind to the forgetful souls he therefore comes himself and leaves behind necessary instructions 
and also sends his good sons as representatives to call all the conditioned souls back to Godhead. Recently, within the memory of everyone, Lord Chaitanya also appeared for the same purpose, to show special favor to fallen souls of this age of iron industry. The incarnation of Narayana is worshipped still in Badri Narayana on the range of the Himalayas. Mukam Karadivachalam Pangum Langayategirim Yat Kripa Tamaham Vande Shigurung Dinataranam. So we're getting a list of avatars of the Lord <clears throat> one after another in this third chapter. Uh, in this beginning uh, canto of the 12 cantos of Srimad Bhagavatam. Eventually, in this chapter, there is going to be mention of Krishna himself, Ete Changsa Kala Pungsa, Krishna's two Bhagavansvayam, Indrari Vyakulam Lokam Ridayanti. Yuge, yuge. Uh, so the the word two in that verse is pointed out by acharyas to be significant um, by Jiva Goswami, in particular, saying there are so many avatars. However, two, but Krishna's Krishna. <clears throat> Bhagavan Svayam Asti. Krishna is the supreme, uh, or he is Bhagavan directly. He is Bhagavan himself, Svayam. But today we are looking at uh, Nara Narayana Rishi, or Rishis. And it's interesting that um, in the translation, <laughs> our, our friendly dog here is making sure that we are fully protected. Uh, <laughs> so we understand from the verse, from the translation, Srila Prabhupada says, twin, twin sons uh, have appeared. Uh, as the sons of the wife of King Dharma. Uh, the name of the wife is not mentioned. That is mentioned, her name is mentioned elsewhere in the Bhagavatam, I believe in Canto 2, uh, as her name being Murti. Uh, but uh, twin sons, so there are two. And the Sanskrit indicates this also um, by the dual form. Uh, Sanskrit has a grammatical dual form. And so, Nara Narayanao, that ao ending indicates two. Uh, we get this in our 
prayers to the six Goswamis, Vande Rupa Sanatanao, Ragu Yugao, Shijiva Gopala Kao. Uh, it's three sets of two. <laughs> uh, so that's in the dual form, so it's, recogni it's a recognition. There are two persons here. Uh, but sometimes they are referred to uh, as one. And uh, indeed, Srila Prabhupada in his translation says in the sec second sentence, thus he undertook severe and exemplary penances to control the senses. Uh, so it's kind of two in one. Uh, and there's a certain ambiguity there, um, but we will see later. There's also a, um, a, a detailed description of of uh, how they, how this Nara Narayan, how they look, how they appear, what is their form. Uh, it appears uh, in the twelfth, uh, eleventh, or twelfth canto. We'll come to that. Uh, I'm happy to report, uh, just minutes ago, I, I was thinking about this that uh, Srila Prabhupada mentions at the end of this purport, and he mentions elsewhere in the Bhagavatam, that uh, Nara Narayan Rishi are worshipped uh, in um, Badri Narayana, and I myself have never had the uh, good fortune to take pilgrimage to Badrinath. Um, maybe someday I will go. So I wondered uh, that main temple in Badrinath, we've perhaps all seen photos of that temple, perhaps some of you have been there. I was wondering, so is that... Is, is the deity of that temple Nara Narayan? And the answer I just got a few minutes ago, a devotee uh, sent me a message who has been there, said, yes, this is Nara Narayan. But now I am curious from those of you who have been there, perhaps Sugopi has been there. Uh, what is the appearance? How do, is it two figures, two image, two personalities, two forms? Or one, uh, and and how do they look in the deity form? That would be interesting. In any case, huh? Yes. Uh, one you mentioned that this appearance is called Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, Sheila. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's nice as we as we um, as we meditate on uh, these forms of the Lord. I think I'll tend to use the plural form here. These forms of the Lord. It's nice to also associate them with the place where they stay and where they performed. Uh, performed or still perform their austerities. Um, excuse me. Mm. 
And we understand from this verse and the purport that indeed uh, their purpose in appearing is to teach, uh, uh, to give example uh, of this essential uh, feature, this essential opportunity of human life uh, to perform austerity. Uh, Srila Prabhupada refers <clears throat> to the teaching of uh, King Rishabdev to his sons, Nayam Deho Bhajanri Loke Kashtan Kaman Arhate Vidbhujanye. Tepo divyam putrakayena sattvam shudyet yasmat brahma sokyam sokam sokyam tvanantam. Tepo divyam, this is what human life is for, to perform austerity. Uh, and if we're not performing austerity, there's a danger. And what is the danger? The danger is that we become degraded. Uh, when Srila Prabhupada gave a lecture on this verse, today's verse, uh, he, he spoke on this point as he would so many times, how in modern life, in modern civilization, <clears throat> there's no sense control, there's no culture of sense control. There, this is not a... Um, a priority uh, in, in, in modern Western culture to teach uh, young people that sense control is a good thing. Or we may say some, some limited sense control is encouraged as much as is necessary in order to keep control over groups. Uh, so we all learned some degree of sense control in the classroom, going to school. Uh, we learned we have to be quiet when the teacher speaks and so on. And maybe we learned uh, also some, uh, some table manners at home. Uh, we learned certain uh, aspects of uh, being polite and so on from very young uh, we learn to say thank you when we receive something that sort of thing all right that is some degree of sense control so certainly well, we are distinguished uh, in that respect but still Srila Prabhupada says uh, the the overall spirit is in human modern civilization is that uh, the senses are f are there for enjoyment. They're not for restraint. And so, as he would so many times say, what do we have? Uh, <laughs> he would say, we have a civilization of hogs, dogs, camels, and asses. <laughs> Shvavit varahostra karai sangstuta purusha pashu nayat karna patobeta jatu namagadagraja. The problem is, again, according to 
uh, is in Sutta Goswami Arshonakari, she says in the second canto, the problem is uh, that um, people are not uh, mm, valuing, they're not giving their attention to uh, the study of Srimad Bhagavatam. And therefore, they're being praised uh, by others um, for their accomplishments, whatever those might be. But the, the real accomplishment of human life, they're neglecting. And therefore, <clears throat> those who are praising them um, are like dogs, hogs, camels, and asses. And, and they who are being praised are similarly like <laughs> like dogs, hogs, camels, and asses. Um, and so, <clears throat> uh, as Prabhupada says in that same lecture, the everyone is clamoring for freedom, the idea uh, being freedom to enjoy the senses, but what it boils down to is uh, the freedom to become like a dog uh, or to become a dog. Mm. And uh, this is all going on because of neglect of uh, the simple reality that we are all under the control of material nature and we don't recognize it. Prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasha we're thinking, karta, aham, we are thinking, I am the doer. Why are we thinking this? We're thinking this because of our identification with this most subtle of elements, uh, of the gross elements, namely ahankara. And as a result, we are being uh, dragged from one body to another. So, Nara Narayana Rishis are mm, teaching austerity, teaching tapasya. And as a result of that teaching, or because of that teaching, or to help us remember the value of that teaching, uh, they demonstrate the power of austerity. Uh, and so, for example, um, let me get my reference here. <clears throat> I think this is it. Okay, here in the 11th canto, chapter 4, starting with verse 6, we have a, uh, a bit more, um, more explanation of, uh, of who is Nara Narayana Rishi. I'll read the translation. It says, Nara Narayana Rishi, who is perfectly peaceful and is the best of sages, again, singular, was born as the son of Dharma and his wife Murti. So here Murti is mentioned. And uh, Murti, the daughter of Daksha. 
Nara Narayana Rishi taught the devotional service of the Lord by which material work ceases, and he himself perfectly practiced this knowledge. He is living even today, his lotus feet served by the greatest of saintly persons. And then, I think it goes on from there. Yes, here comes uh, the, <laughs> the episode. It's kind of a humorous episode. King Indra became fearful, thinking that Narayana Rishi would become very powerful by his severe penances and seize Indra's heavenly kingdom. Thus, Indra, not knowing the transcendental glories of the incarnation of the Lord, did what Indra does in such circumstances. He sent Cupid and his associates to the Lord's residence in Badarik Ashrama. As the charming breezes of spring created a most sensuous atmosphere, Cupid himself attacked the Lord with arrows in the form of the irresistible glances of beautiful women. So that's kind of the, uh, the routine <laughs> practice of Indra in order to maintain his position, uh, to uh, keep anyone trying to get his position through austerities to fall down. Uh, Sometimes Indra is successful in uh, stopping someone's austerities. Uh, uh, famously, Vishwamitra Muni uh, was successfully interrupted from his austerities by uh, the uh, uh, Apsara Menaka sent, as I remember, by Indra. But, of course, uh, he's not going to be successful with Nara Narayana Rishi. <clears throat> Rather, what is going to happen next verse, verse 8, the primeval Lord, understanding the offense committed by Indra, did not become proud Instead, he spoke laughingly as follows to Cupid and his followers who were trembling before him. Do not fear, O mighty Madana, O wind god and wives of the demigods. Rather, please accept these gifts I am offering you and kindly sanctify my ashrama by your presence. One of the dangers uh, for the sage, it's said it's the, the larger danger uh, than, than lust, is anger. So it sometimes happens uh, that when the temptress comes to disturb the sage, the sage, seeing what is happening, becomes angry and may curse uh, the, the, uh, the temptress. Uh, this is mm, precisely what Nara Narayana Rishi 
do not do. Uh, rather, rather, they welcome uh, these temptresses uh, and the tempter, <clears throat> uh, Cupid, Kamadeva. And in the next verse, it's further explained, my dear King Nimi, when Nara Narayana Rishi thus spoke, eradicating the fear of the demigods, they bowed their heads with shame and addressed the Lord as follows to invoke his compassion. Our dear Lord, you are always transcendental, beyond the reach of illusion, and therefore you are forever changeless. Your causeless compassion toward us, despite our great offense, is not at all unusual in you since innumerable great sages who are self-satisfied and free from anger and false pride bow down humbly at your lotus feet. So they've come to, to humble themselves. Now, I don't, I don't know why, but I feel like I've accidentally skipped a verse because uh, as I remember, it said here that uh, Nara Narayana Rishi produce from themselves any number of beautiful women uh, who are so much more beautiful than these apsaras being sent uh, to, to disturb him. And it's therefore uh, that they are humbled. Incidentally, there's, uh, there's another... I don't know if we can say another version. Yeah, a slight variation we can say on this is in the Vishnu Dharmottara Purana, in which uh, when the when Cupid comes, the Apsaras come, Nara Narayana. I believe it's I believe it's Narayana. Takes um, he takes some. I think he takes a mango and he, he draws a picture on his thigh of a beautiful woman. And this beautiful woman picture on his thigh comes to life, manifests from his thigh, and she comes to be called Urvasi, Uru. Vasi, she who lives in the thigh, or resident of the thigh. <laughs> so in any case, Nara Narayana Rishi is, uh, is showing, is demonstrating um, the power of austerity. But we may, we may want to say, well, yes, but what do you expect? After all, he is the supreme personality of Godhead, so um, it's it's nothing. It's not difficult for him uh, to to not be disturbed uh, by these temptress uh, apsaras. Well, yes, we can say like that, but um, the. Uh, the example is also given, I believe. It may be Srila Prabhupada gives this example elsewhere, uh, that the confectioner, the person 
who professionally makes sweets uh, is not attracted by the sweets that he manufactures. He's not hankering for any sweets uh, because uh, he's surrounded by them all the time. <laughs> and similarly, Krishna, and we may use the name Krishna, Krishna's two Bhagavans Vayam, the original personality of, uh, of Godhead, who is surrounded by the beauties, in fact, in Vrindavan, the, the gopis, who are described as the most beautiful women, uh, he is not interested in these, uh, these, these apsaras. Okay, so one thing also striking from the Bhagavatam version is uh, that, hmm, let's see, go to number six. Is that Markandeya Rishi worships Nara Narayana. This is in the twelfth uh, canto, uh, and it's in uh, chapter eight. And what's what I find particularly interesting here is that um, prior to the prayers which are given here uh, of Markandeya offering prayers to Nara Narayana Rishi is that Markandeya is uh, is performing austerity. He's performing austerity over the lifetimes of six manus, um, which Maharaj Parikshit is um, no Maharaj Parikshit is departed by now. I think it's. He's being asked in any case, uh, maybe it's Sutta being asked. So, uh, no, maybe it's, I'd have to check. Maybe Maharaj Pariksit's still here. Uh, asking, so how is this <laughs> that Markandeya has been living so long? And the answer is, well, he was able to do uh, austerity over this period of uh, six manus, after which Indra had his same anxiety. Again, Indra was worried for his uh, losing his job. <laughs> he always seems to be insecure about his position. He sends Cupid, he sends uh, the Apsaras with Cupid to try to tempt... Um, uh, <clears throat> Markandeya, but Markandeya is not at all disturbed. Why is he not at all disturbed? Because uh, he has been practicing austerity all this time. So the strength of his austerity um, allows him to resist any kind of temptation uh, that may have may have come his way. So then. Uh, we're getting almost a mirror 
pastime. There is Nara Narayana Rishi. They are demonstrating this power of austerity. The devotee of Nara Narayana Rishi, they, he, uh, Markandeya Rishi, he is demonstrating this power of austerity. If we come to modern time, of course, uh, we like to remember uh, Namacharya Shilaharidas Thakur. He was able to resist all temptation as he was chanting the holy name. And he is again an example of not becoming angry, but quite the opposite, simply um, taking the situation as uh, we would say a preaching opportunity <laughs> uh, and thus transforming. There are two episodes described, first uh, the unnamed prostitute and then Maya Devi herself, making them devotees of Krishna simply by hearing his chanting of the holy name. Uh, there's, um, there are these prayers being offered to Nara Narayana Rishi, indicating his, uh, his special identity. Tasmai namo bhagavate purushaya bhumne vishvaya vishvagurave paradaivataya narayanaya rishaye cha narottamaya Hangsaya Samyatagire Nigameshvaraya. Translation I offer my humble obeisance to him, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is the all pervading and all inclusive form of the universe as well as its spiritual master. I bow down to Lord Narayan the supremely worshipable deity appearing as a sage, singular, and also to the saintly Narayana, second singular, the best of human beings who is fixed in perfect goodness, fully in control of his speech and the propagator of the Vedic literatures. So that's interesting. Nara seems in particular is uh, credited is identified as uh, being controller of his speech, uh, combined with being propagator of the Vedic literature. And this reminds us of the other f uh, essential function of Nara Narayana Rishi, which is that they are instructing Narada Muni in the Bhagavatam. It's mentioned that the original uh, teaching of the Bhagavatam uh, is by Nara Narayana Rishi or Rishis to Narada Muni, then Narada is speaking to Vyasa and then Vyasa and from there. Uh, that is mentioned in the 12th canto again. Uh, in, in the context of description uh, of how the Vedic literature have all uh, been distributed, manifested in the course of time. Um, I still wanted to get this uh, further description 
but I've uh, failed to note exactly which verse. Let's see. Mm. I don't want to take time looking for things. That's no fun. Uh, okay, I won't look for it, but it's... Um, it may be in the fifth canto, describing Nara Narayana. One of them is black and the other is white. That is mentioned. <laughs> so, uh, for ourselves, we can, we can uh, be happy that uh, we have the, the benefit of the teaching which has come from Nara Narayana Rishi to Narada to Vyasa in the form of Srimad Bhagavatam. We have access to Srimad Bhagavatam, of course, uh, by the grace, the divine grace of uh, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. And as we make our way in the course of our um, our lives and progress on the spiritual path, we can continue to practice the austerities that we do, the little austerities. Srila uh, Prabhupada made this point in his lecture, how in this age it is not possible to perform the austerities of uh, the likes of Nara Narayana Rishi. But he said, we can perform a little austerity Short austerity, he used the word short, uh, little short or short little penance. And then at the end of that lecture, he gives uh, two things. The opportunity, of course, of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who Prabhupada mentions in this purport, has appeared within the memory of us all. I like that phrase. He's mentioned it also in a lecture, I believe. Uh, within the memory of us all, 540 years ago, 40-some uh, years ago, uh, whatever. Uh, what does that mean? Within the memory of us all means within our collective cultural memory, uh, within the period of uh, what can be called historical time, the Lord has appeared, and what has he done? He's made the penance for us, the austerity for us, super easy. Just chant Hare Krishna. Well, yes, chant Hare Krishna, not just chant Hare Krishna. Chant Hare Krishna, make this your life and soul. Take shelter in Krishna's names. And Srila Prabhupada says in this... Um, in this lecture he gave on today's verse, he said, and be careful. Be careful of maya. Don't allow yourself to be distracted uh, and keep safe in the shelter of the Lord. So I'll stop there and uh, see if there's any discussion, questions, comments, uh, complaints, uh, Further elaboration. Thank you very much, Maharaj.
So if anyone have question, please unmute yourself and ask Marag a question directly. Thank you very much. There's, there's also, if someone's shy to speak, there's the chat. Uh, can write a chat and we can find it. Hare Krishna. Uh, thank you so much for blessing our platform today. Uh, my name is Sahadev Das. I was fortunate enough to have met you once in Gilanagri. Oh. <laughs> uh, I had a question uh, concerning austerities, which you partially talked about getting to the latter part of your lecture. Mm -hmm. To me, I think Lord Chaitanya Shri Prabhupada has been so kind, so merciful to us fallen souls in this age that as Shri Prabhupada himself says in the prayer, as Kenneth Shabadev advised his son, Papasya, of voluntary acceptance of penance for realization of the transcendence is the only duty of the human being. And when I look at ESCON as Shrabhupati gave us, I do not find anything I can call as austerities. <laughs> I'm not trying to say I'm very strong, I'm very powerful. No, not at all. That like what we are taught to be practicing in ISKCON is pretty much like simple things that every human being has to do. Mm. So my question is, what sort of austerities are we performing in ISKCON in order to attain this transcendence? <laughs> Okay, thank you, Prabhu Sahadev. Um, well, Srila Prabhupada, when, when he's referring to the austerities that we perform in our practice, he is in particular referring to the four regulative principles, which, as you said, this is, uh, you know, something every human being should do. And yes, Srila Prabhupada would say this so many times. He would say that uh, the the observance of the four regulative principles only brings us up to the platform of being human. <laughs> that that's just getting us up to you know. Um, that's just getting us to base camp. <laughs> Mountain climbers, you know, they're, they're climbing Mount Everest. So first they get to base camp. Um, and beyond that, however, uh, it's also understood that, well, let's take it this way. Mm. In chapter 17, Bhagavad Gita, we have this, a summary of austerities in the mode of goodness, one a list of austerities for the body, one for the voice, 
for speech and one for the mind. <laughs> and um, Swadhyaya Bhyasanam, the practice of Swadhyaya is there. It's either in speech, yeah, it must be in speech. Anudvega Karam Bhakyam, Satyam Priyahitam Chayat, Swadhyaya Bhyasanam Chayva Vanmayam Tapa Uchate. Yeah, so the austerity in the mode of goodness. Um, includes svadhyaya, or recitation, the practice of recitation uh, of, of Veda, is what it comes to. And what this means for followers of Lord Chaitanya in particular, uh, what is emphasized especially, is the chanting of the Lord's names, and particularly the Maha Mantra. So that can be understood also as, um, as austerity. But now you're going to say, wait, wait, chanting Hare Krishna is not mode of goodness, it's transcendental. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, it's Shuddha Sattva. Uh, but um, the practices in the mode of goodness, and we just read Nara represents control of speech, and represents mode of goodness, uh, we can say it extends out to be inclusive of the transcendental practice of chanting the holy name. But still, we have to be careful if we say chanting the Maha Mantra is our tapasya, because on the other side, uh, we know from uh, the Padma Purana, and we are much reminded, especially by Srila uh, Bhaktivinod Thakur, of the uh, ten upper, the ten nam aparadas. So one of these, uh, the eighth aparad, is to consider chanting of the holy name to be like doing um, some doing rituals, doing austerities, etc. To think that uh, these activities are somehow equivalent or this is equivalent to that. No, the chanting of the Maha Mantra goes beyond that. And so we can understand that on one side, yes, you can say, oh, we don't really have... <laughs> much in the way of austerity, or maybe we fast from grains on Ekadashi, or maybe some devotees fast completely, uh, or during festivals, a few festivals in the year we fast. Uh, what's the big deal? Well, we chant Hare Krishna, and we should not be embarrassed or, you know, think we shouldn't minimize the chanting of Hare Krishna as austerity. It's austerity plus. It's going beyond. And of course, it's wonderful because we find that as we chant and chant, make um, the practice of chanting mm, uh, the, the core of our sadhana, we find that we can relish it. It's not austerity in the sense of being painful uh, it, it's uh, it's liberating. It's 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 
anandam budivardanam. So, and of course, if one wants to do more austerity, if one wants to, if one finds it's possible to eat, eat less and sleep less, that's great. And Srila Prabhupada said that sometimes. He would say, you know, we should be reducing our eating, sleeping, mating, and defending down to nil. <laughs> so there's no there's no one stopping you from that. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> I will. Okay. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, Mara. So my question is that uh, you talk about austerity, but just like Zadi Prabhu asked a question, please, uh, I want to know, I remember in one of the purports in uh, Seven Canton, uh, the story of Pranar Maharaj when uh, he was going around and he met the Abadutas. I forgot the purport now, but Prabhupada mentioned very clearly in the purport there that Devotee want to make advancement should reduce his eating to once a day. So I remember more many times also, but uh, Swami Maharaj when he was here, I think he followed that principle very strictly. It's once a day, many throughout mostly throughout his life, and uh, and I, again uh, now looking at Chaitanya Charitamrita. Where Ramachandra, uh, one of the devotees, this devotee tried to criticize Shetama Prabhu for eating. And then Shetama Prabhu reduced his eating. And because of that, devotees were not happy. Ah, yeah. After he left, then the Shetama Prabhu eating continues his way of eating, which makes look like a chitia beda beda tatua. Some of the way. Interesting point, interesting question. I think the key is in one of the words that you mentioned, namely balance. How do we find balance? That's something each one of us has to find ourselves. Uh, the how is, uh, my experience is it's lar largely a matter of experiment and experience. Um, we see ourselves what we can manage and what we can do over time uh, we know the priority is not austerity for austerity's sake the priority is austerity for krishna's sake for serving krishna i tell devotees my own experience as a quite new devotee i think it was um maybe the second year I was with devotees, I was for some time really trying to cut down eating. And uh, I, was, I was reducing it quite a bit. At the same time, I was a book distributor. This was in Amsterdam. And 
one day <laughs> I was in the temple and just sort of from nothing, uh, no, no apparent cause, my nose started bleeding. And the, the temple president um, noticed this, I guess, and, and he said, he said, you have to eat more. And that's not all he said. He said, we're going to make you eat much more. <laughs> and so he had one devotee prepare for about a two-week period. He prepared a stack of 10 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, a very American thing, because the president at that time uh, was American. Uh, so he said, you have to eat all of these every day. <laughs> so that's what I did. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not still on that diet. <laughs> but uh, so the, the principle, we want to we want to always keep the principle in view. And the principle is to maintain our health, good health, uh, for serving Krishna. Prabhupada said sometimes, health is the priority. First thing, be healthy, keep your health, and then everything else. Um, and yes, we want to be on the alert. Am I doing something unnecessary? Am I eating too much? Maybe I can reduce. Let me, let me try. Let me see what happens if I eat once a day. But then if you eat once a day and you eat a huge feast once a day and you end up, you know, <laughs> taking a three-hour nap afterwards, maybe that's not, maybe that's also not working. Um, what you might also experiment with is eating one substantial meal a day and then making another meal just fruit or maybe just a smoothie, you know, something like that. But it's very individual. In, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna's, he, Krishna does not give us uh, specifics when he says uh, that one should not eat too much or too little or sleep too much or sleep too little. He doesn't tell us eat X number of uh, grams and he doesn't tell us sleep X number of hours. He just says not too much, not too little. Thank you very much, Maharaj. <laughs> My pleasure. Hare Krishna. I have a question also. Yes. Uh, I have had the Krishna and Arjuna. They are also uh, considered Nara and Rishi. Ah, yes. This question just came up yesterday in another discussion. <laughs> so my question is, 
Is, is this Naran Narayan Rishi in Badrinath? Are there an expansion of Krishna and Arjuna? Yeah, that's a good question. And I said yesterday, I don't know an exact answer. One would need, possibly uh, that's explained in Lagu Bhagavatamrita um, from within our tradition. That's all I can suggest. Otherwise, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, all that I could find in purports and most of the purports of Chaitanya Charitamrita, uh, Srila Prabhupada is simply translating from Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur's Bengali purports. Um, but there he says in Adi Leela <clears throat> uh, that uh, Nara Narayana Rishi are Vaibhava Prakash as opposed to Prabhava Prakash, that is to say they are partially potent as as opposed to fully potent. Um, and uh, later he mentions, or this may be in a verse, that Nara Narayana Rishi are Leela avatars, but I've not found uh, the explicit connection of Nara Narayana and uh, Krishna and Arjuna. I know that connection is made, um, but I don't have it right at hand, so I can't say more about that without um, wildly speculating. <laughs> Oh, my question, Maharaj. Yes? Well, uh, again, I would say thank you for blessing the platform today. Uh, if you could so kindly visit us from time to time, we would really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank uh, you. That was, that was just a humble request, but I have a question. Okay. And that is, you were uh, telling us different uh, times where Indra felt his position threatened. Yes. As usual, he tries to fall these great stages through uh, sex. And I heard one time, uh, an interviewer was asking Shri Prabhupada a question, uh, if Shri Prabhupada can perform a miracle. And Shri Prabhupada answered to him was, uh, if a beautiful woman comes around, you're going to be attracted. I will not be attracted. Right. Uh, why is it that makes it so difficult for the living entities to resist this uh, sex act. It's, it's like the basis of 
all the problems we have in this world. I have the same question. <laughs> well, one explanation, if you can call it that, a narrative explanation, is in the pastime of uh, Kamadeva with Lord Shiva, when Kamadeva went to tempt Lord Shiva. Shiva is one example of one who, doing austerity, became angry. He glanced at Kamadeva and burned him to ashes on the spot. Uh, a real fast incineration took place, leaving apparently nothing but ashes, uh, maybe not even ashes. But uh, then Kamadeva becomes known as Ananga. And we have this name in the Kama Gayatri, uh, which of course is referring to the transcendental Kama Deva Krishna. Um, but this, this name Ananga means literally Ananga, one who has no body. But what happens when he loses his body, Kamadeva enters into the bodies of all beings. So you're dealing with, we're all dealing with, Kamadeva living right in our bodies. And so to over overcome the only way to overcome is to worship the transcendental Kamadeva, uh, which we do with the Kama Gayatri Mantra. <laughs> that's our understanding. Yeah, but that's also my question. <laughs> Why it's so difficult? <laughs> Krishna says, Daivi hi esha gunamayi Mamamaya, dura, dur ati aya. Uh, this this maya is mine. It's mamamaya. Mama it's my maya, <clears throat> and it is dur ati aya. Uh, uh, aya is from the verbal root i, which means to go. It's one of various verbal roots for go, gum being the other one, main. Uh, e, and then it becomes aya. Ati means uh, very much or extreme. And dur means far or difficult. So dur ati aya. Uh, this maya is so very difficult to overcome. Krishna is saying, because it's mine. <laughs> it's, uh, it's my power, and I'm making it so you can blame Krishna. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Which means also, and then Krishna gives, what does he say in the second half of the verse? Mam eva ye prapadyante. Mam eva, that eva is uh, indicating exclusiveness. Me only. Mam eva ye, those who prapadyante uh, take shelter or take refuge. Mayam etam. Etam mayam, this mayam, uh, which is there in the neuter uh, form. Uh, mayam etam, taranti, they, te, they, taranti, they cross over. What do they cross over? Mayam etam mayam. So Krishna gives us the problem in that verse, uh, what is it? Chapter 4, verse uh, 14, Bhagavad Gita. <clears throat> He's giving us the problem. He's making clear why it's a problem, how big of a problem it is. And then he gives, in the second half of the verse, he gives the solution. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Oh, in the absence of no question, can all we all commit ourselves and chant Hare Krishna for Maharaj to thank Maharaj for coming to this platform? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare 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 Krishna, thank you so much. West African Yatra Ki Jai, Grantaraj Shimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gaur Premanande Haribo. Jai, His Holiness, Krishna Shatra Swami Maharaj Ki Jai. Jai.